0: I'm Chris, and this is my Writing Table podcast, where we talk to authors and other creatives about the writing world and what it takes to create the books that we love to read. Ready? Pull up a chair and let's begin. Chris Klink, and you're listening to my Writing Table podcast. Kristen Rockaway is a native New Yorker and recovering corporate software engineer. After working in the IT industry for far too many years, she finally traded the city for the surf and chased her dreams out to Southern California, where she spends her days happily writing stories instead of code. When she's not working, she spends time with her husband and son, browsing the aisles of her neighborhood bookstores, and trying to catch up on sleep. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks for having me, Chris. Kristen, how did your coding career fold into writing
1: novels? I guess it starts from like before I got into coding. I always wanted to be a writer. Like That was my when I grow up kind of dream, but it doesn't really pay a lot of money you know (laughs) I think most writers know that unless you're like super hustling or catch a big break right so I needed money (laughs) when I was younger I wanted to like move out of my grandmother's house and pay off my student debt so I majored in computer science because I liked it you know I always did well in math and high school and at that time computer it was like the first big tech boom I liked coding. Yeah, I majored in computer science and I became a software engineer. And I worked at that company for 15 years. I liked it. I didn't like feed my soul. So I loved writing and I always wanted to write. So I did it for personal reasons. I kept a journal and a diary. I had a live journal with anyone of a certain age um, who was into blogging or whatever. might remember live journal. I made a lot of friends that way. And then I had my son in 2013. And had a lot of free time for this writing before I had my son. And then once I had him, it was basically just working all the time and coming home and being a mom. And I kind of felt like I wanted some time for me. I was also going through some serious postpartum depression at the time. And as part of like my healing process, I decided to embrace my writing again and took a formal fiction class through Gotham awesome Writers Workshop. Like I never really wrote fiction before. I was kind of like essays and humorous stuff and things like that. But this is when I really started embracing fiction. Yeah, so I took this class and then I took another class and I started what would turn out to be my debut novel, The Wild Woman's Guide to in the World. I took a romance class after that and worked Shopped it. And at that point, I was like, you know, maybe this could be something. And and things were at work or just, I was tired of it. So um, I was like, I'm going to take six months off and see if I can make something like there. And then, you know, I'll go back after six months. But then I wound up getting an agent to be quickly and got a book deal and decided I never wanted to go back. <laughs> no regrets. No, no regrets. Tell us about your latest Life Unscheduled. So Life Unscheduled is about a young woman who works in tech. A lot of my protagonists work in tech, on all of them, but I draw on a lot of my experiences for that. But anyway, so she works in tech for an artificial intelligence company in LA. She lives and breathes her job. She's married to her job. She doesn't have time for a social life. And when the story opens, she's like, after this promotion and taking all her time. But at the same time, her very best friend asks her to be the maid of honor in her wedding. And, you know, anyone who's been a maid of honor knows that that's a big time commitment. But she loves her friend, so she's like, I'm gonna make this work. So I'm gonna just schedule my days. I'm gonna, you know, from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to sleep, I'm gonna, I'm just freaking her office. I'm gonna schedule this out. But then, you know, the wedding kind of goes sideways. The bride has a really overbearing family um, that makes things complicated, and also uh, she needs a guy. Who she starts having feelings for, and that doesn't really fit into her perfect schedule. So she makes, has to make this decision of what's important to her. You know, is, is her career the most important thing, or is there room for other stuff in her life too, like love?
0: This week, I started the audiobook, and I can tell it's going to be a fun one. I've listened to it when I'm walking my dogs. <laughs>
1: In a nutshell, what
0: is your idea to manuscript process look like?
1: Oh, boy. um, I don't know that it'll fit in a nutshell. It's kind of a mess. (laughs) And it's funny. I'm on my sixth book right now writing it. And you would think that like, oh, you get it down by now. I mean, maybe some people do, but that's just not me. I kind of have a general process in which I start by brainstorming a lot. I'm a plotter, by the way. I tried dancing once and it was just an absolute disaster. So I need to know where I'm going. I'm like, I'm like Nicole in the book. I need to plan. So I start when I have a seed of an idea, I'll get out a fresh notebook and I brainstorm a lot by hand. I do a lot of long handwriting until I feel like, okay, this could be a story. It's more than just like an interesting character or an interesting plot twist or whatever, you know, like that's kind of where the seed comes from. Or like I'll watch a documentary or like read a news story and that's where I'll get the idea. So I flesh it out. I usually fill at least a notebook with ideas like that. And then when I'm confident that, that okay, this could be a story I'll transfer to Scribner. I'm a total Scribner enthusiast. But I actually made my own um, template for Scribner that I use for my story writing. I called it my story writing process. You know, it's, it's a work in progress. It's fluid. It's not something that I'm strict about. Um... You made your own Scrivener template. Yes, I made my own Scrivener template called my story writing process, and it's basically you know, I brainstorming is my first step in the process before I move to Scrivener. And once I moved to Scrivener, I flesh out beats in my story, character profile, and then I have like a whole set of stuff for my my, my character profile. I have you know like the basic questions, and then like fears, wants, strengths, things that are in her way. I have a whole backstory profile that I work on. And then to find her wounds, you know, her great or misbelief, and people call it misbelief, like her great wound, like what's driving her, what's her motivation, what's her goal. And then I'll take my beats and I kind of flush them out into scenes. And then I just added this to my most recent, the book I'm working on now is theme cards from Story Genius. I make theme cards Mm -hmm. for every scene. Then as I'm working on my scenes or chapters, I'll, I'll kind of write, I'll rewrite like a quick thing. And then I'll go back and write it using my theme card and my quick rewrite. I'll go back and write it. And in general, I don't really revise that much because I have all this upfront work. You know, obviously I go through like developmental revisions with my editors and stuff. But it's a very short revision process before I hand it in
0: nice. I just used, I think this was my most successful Scribner adventure was this book I'm on now. I love what you're saying about doing your own template. You know, some of those just don't serve you. Right. They don't have as much detail as you might like, like on the character sketches. Yeah,
1: exactly. And because I don't follow any one process, you know, I love Lisa Cron. I love K.M. Weiland's outline novel. I love um, Marnie Friedman has a book that I really love, you know, so I take bits and pieces and then they're just like random, you know, like the beach sheets that I find on Jamie Gold's website. There's so many things that I pull my process from that the templates that are out there just don't work. So I kind of Frankenstein it for my own purposes. And it's also really helpful to kickstart my project because then when I have the template, like, okay, I got my book. I know start my template and then go from there. So you've got this idea on paper and then
0: you've started fleshing it out through Scrivener and doing using your templates. Once you have that research done, about how long does it take for you to actually get the
1: draft done, okay. get a pretty clean draft? This is like a terrible time to be asking me that because I have taken so long on book six. Like it was due back in March and I've asked for like two extensions already. Like I've and I'm rewriting it from scratch right now. He's eight, but he has a disability oh, well. and it's just very difficult. And also, yeah. I mean, you know, with the pandemic, there was homeschooling and um there's just it was it was a lot this year yeah so you know uh, when things are good once I do the plotting I mean I can plot for that, that whole process I just blame takes me a while takes me probably more months three or four months but then once I have that all down it'll take me like hmm, if I'm good three months to get out oh, lane, my dress nice. and then I'm and then because I do I have very little research pretty much done
0: that's really nice
1: so there's that yeah. You're behind, but when you're done, you're pretty much done, right? Yeah, yeah. It's what I can get that groove going. I found it
0: a lot harder post-COVID.
1: Well, that's the other thing, right? Like, I write contemporary, and so it just feels like anything I write contemporary, because I also, like, write fun, lighthearted stuff, and it's hard to stay fun and lighthearted when there's, you know, everything going on right now, and then I, it just doesn't feel very contemporary because I'm not writing in you know, like, I'll make, like, references to it, but I'm not going to write a story about the pandemic. It's life. Like, I, I read to just escape and, like, laugh and, like, have a good time. But it's hard to kind of get in that mindset.
0: I noticed you've had a few novels published in other countries. How did the translation piece work? This is something we haven't really talked about on the podcast.
1: Oh, I truly have no idea. Um, So... It's just some people will keep their rights and then be able to sell them separately. My publisher bought all my rights and so they sell them. Like I get money for them, but it like goes through the publisher. And so maybe it works differently when you have the rights and your agent sells them for you. But for me, it was basically I'll get an email from my editor who'll be like, we just sold it in the Czech Republic. Here's X amount of dollars and you know, we'll keep you posted. I'm like, Great. And then six months later, I'll get a cover. Okay, I don't have any info on that.
0: And it's not like you're going to read the Czech version of it. Right. It.
1: Right. So then they give, send me the cover. They're like, this is the cover. This is what is you know, I'm like, okay, great. And then I don't even hear when it goes out. I like kind of like keep tabs on it. And then I'm like, oh, it's out in France today. Better post something on Instagram. Like normally you'll get... The book sent to you but because of COVID and the supply chain there's been so many delays with that I haven't gotten my German edition came out like the end of 2019 I don't I haven't gotten that yet I just got my French ones and they came out over a year ago they're so cute but yeah so I just got those and I haven't seen a check one they'll show up in a box one day that's usually what happens like no warning I'm just like what the heck is this box the last one came like all beat up I'm like what is like where did this come from oh so I got like 10 boxes from books from France How do you prepare for your riding day? Oh, I, um, this is recent. So first of all, getting everyone out of the house. That is key. Just getting everyone the hell out of the house till I'm alone, which is why it was so hard during the pandemic because everyone's constantly in my ear. You know, like, hey, mom, I'll like finally sit down. Be like, okay, and then be like, mom, mom, look at this. Oh, hey, ow. you know, and my husband's coming in, wearing shoes. Like, you know, like, okay. <laughs> so it's been amazing now that like school is open again. My husband's also a teacher, so he's in his school getting everyone out of the house. Then I work out every morning. This is kind of like a recent development in the past year. I find that I really need to get up. That- Workout in to kind of clear my mind and just like reset my body. I work out for a whole. I don't do anything fancy. And then, um, I meditate for 10 minutes every day. Um, another way to just kind of clear my mind and help me practice focusing. And then I sit down with a cup of coffee at my desk and I, you know, because I'm a plotter, if I'm in my drafting mode, I'll sit down with my notebook and my scene cards and my scrub nursing all laid out. I'll usually put my scene cards out because I like to have them to kind of refer to and then i sit down and type and usually sometimes i'll have difficult a lot of times i'll have a hard time focusing at first so i use freedom that i don't know if you guys you've talked about it before but yeah i use freedom and i work in 30-minute chunks i was doing pomodoro uses like 25 minutes but it's You know, it's kind of like that. So I'll just like, I'll set it for 30 minutes. I use Brain FM. I put my headphones on and I can't work with music or noise or anything, but this helps me focus in. It's almost like a cue to my brain to be like, okay, the music's in, time to go. And I'll just start writing. And once I get that set up, I'll usually go past the 30 minutes. I'll go whenever. And then sometimes, you know, my back will start hurting or I'll have to go to the bathroom or I'll be hungry (laughs) and then I'll take my break and then dive back into it until... My son comes home and then basically I get nothing done. I'm on my deadline and then I'm basically like, everyone, send for yourself. <laughs> Delivery dinner
0: again. <laughs> Some of your characters share your experience in the IT world. How realistic would you say are their experiences?
1: Um I mean, I write I try to write comedy. But I mean hopefully people find it funny. It's very exaggerated. It's not, you know, it it How to Hack a heck of Heartbreak, for example, that the big theme in that one. She works at an IT company, right? The main character. And she's a coder. She doesn't code in the company, but she is a coder. Um, and some of the experiences she had our experiences I have, but just like bigger, you know, there were the guys that were kind of, there were some people that would treat me like, like, I didn't know what I was doing. Or like, I had one person tell me, oh, you're, you don't see a lot of women coders. You're good for a woman. You know, I was a client actually. And I had to find oh, my gosh tongue. Can you imagine? It was clients were the worst ones. So the people that I worked with, were great I mean I can't say anything about the guys that I work with and it was mostly men. they were great they're very supportive some of them even came to my book launch in Brooklyn oh cool
0: what is that something special that readers will always get when they're reading a Kristen Rockaway book
1: um hopefully they will be inspired to just kind of take a look at their own lives and feel like, am I on a path that makes me happy? Because I feel like that is a recurring theme in my book. Carolyn usually starts out, her life is kind of a mess or she's very unhappy in some way. And then as the story goes along, it's really because she hasn't been paying attention. She hasn't been prioritizing the things that really make her happy, the things that she wants. You know, she's been kind of like letting other people's opinions dictate the trajectory of her life. You know, she's let self-doubt or fear kind of creep in and dictate the trajectory of her life. But, you know, the best part of writing, honestly, is when I'll get an email from an, uh, a reader who will say, "This us maybe take a look. It may be reevaluating my relationship with my job, or I actually got one from my debut novel that... Um, so. It inspired her to book a plane ticket to New Zealand because she always wanted to travel and she never traveled. And after she read that, she booked a ticket, which I thought was amazing feeling. Yeah. So I feel like I influenced someone to do that. Well, what is next for you? Um, I'm working on a book right now. Like I said, I've been struggling with it for a while. Like now I know it's going well. My editors are amazing. Like they've so patient with me. Um, the title is Study Abroad and I'm pretty oh, sure good. that's going to stick. And I don't want to say too much about it because I'm almost feeling like I will jinx it. But it's about a woman who is a tutor for a wealthy family and she goes on a summer vacation with them. That
0: sounds fun. <laughs> Tell me, what are you reading now?
1: reading una out of order which i love i just reached out to Margarita amans on twitter to tell her that i loved it and she followed me back i was so excited yeah so that's really great the books that i have read recently and loved, i love emily henry's people we need on vacation i think everyone has loved that book um and then next up the heart oh, uh, helen long stick i read yeah. the Kiss post potion many years ago <laughs> <laughs> they're all so
0: good me back it. At- very often, writers talk about how their fellow writers support them through the best and worst of times.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my writer friends are the ones that I text when I'm like, I missed my deadline, or I can't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Or uh, <laughs> the frequent one was like, Why did we choose this <laughs> career? Why are we doing this to ourselves? I mean, as you know, it's a very unique job. And it's one that it can really like weigh on you. <laughs> it's very hard and it's, it can be very isolating because you're working on your own. And especially now before, you know, I would get together with writing groups. We'll have like a monthly like drink or dinner with people because a lot of writers in San Diego used to get together with quite a bit pre-COVID. Um, and it's just nice to, because it's, it's easy to get in your head a lot, these things. Of, like, of, are you doing something wrong or, or, you know, what What am I doing? And then you'll get together with people who are going through the same experience. Like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. We <laughs> don't like this it's supposed is, to feel There's someone awesome else out there that's going through this too. Okay. Yeah. In your view, what is good writing? Writing that makes you feel something, whether it's happy or, you know, it makes you think. Writing that makes you feel something. Writing that makes you get lost in it. There are certain books I read where I'm just like, oh, I wish I wrote that. You know, that that, I feel like it's good writing. I wish I would have thought of that idea. Like, I wish I wrote that sentence. Like, even down to the sentence level. Obviously, the storyline of a book is hugely important. The idea is hugely important, but I connect on a sentence level as well. I mean, beautiful prose will always make me sigh happily, happily.
0: Beautiful imagery, too. I, I just finished Bethany Crandall's C.J. Jane Snap, and she has such clever imagery. I, some of those I was going, oh, man, I wish I'd have thought of that. You know, yeah. where, where did she, where do you think, where do you guys come up with this stuff? In the time period you've been writing, you've written six books, knowing everything that you know now, is there anything that you would have changed about your path?
1: I actually don't really like looking back and being like, oh, I should have done that because it's just that it unfolds the way it was supposed to unfold you know and i also feel like i've been very lucky i've made great connections with people and no i don't know i i don't think i would change anything
0: you you're being very gracious to say you've been lucky but i've read your books and you are a very talented writer so oh, i don't know that luck i mean i think luck yeah sometimes luck can get you that agent but you know your writing has to get you the contract and you're obviously doing something right there
1: Thanks. Yeah. But, but, you know, there are a lot of talented writers that don't have agents and don't get book deals or they'll get an agent and then they they can't get a book deal. You know what I mean? It's um, I think a lot of it has to be, yes, talent. Yes, you have to um, hone your craft. Absolutely. And you have to stay, you have to stay motivated and persist. But a lot of it is timing, you know, did you hit the book at the right time? I, I feel like half of had a hack heartbreak. I just hit it at the right time as well because there was like, I was writing it during the Me Too movement. Like, I, I had this idea and then all of a sudden Me Too happened. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like what I'm, what I'm writing about. You know, so so then, then, there's a, then the right, you get it in the right hands or, you know, I'm in a good mood that day. It's just there is a lot of luck. It That doesn't mean that it's all but if anyone out there is feeling like, oh, I just don't have what it takes, it's, it's just sometimes it just takes a really long time and it sucks, but that's just the nature of this business. And a lot of it is very subjective.
0: Last question. What's the best writing advice you've received?
1: That if someone tells you this is the way to write a book, they're wrong. There's lots of great advice and some of it works sometimes and some of it. doesn't work other times, you know, it's really about finding your own path as an artist and figuring out what works for you and staying flexible. You know, so there really is no one set of like, this is how you do it. This will work for you all the time. And, you know, something that may work for you in one book doesn't work on the next book. Like I said, my writing process is like... (laughs) I quote you on that. Yeah, like how do you describe? Like, she does a little firework jazz hand thing. (laughs) (laughs) Firework jazz hands. hands. (laughs) Well, well, thank you,
0: Kristen. Well, thanks a lot. To learn more, visit KristenRockaway.com. Music by Pavel Uten and photography by Casey Meinecke. Sound editing by podcast engineers. If you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button and consider leaving a review. If you're enjoying The Writing Table, please consider leaving us a review. There are so many podcasts out there. Reviews help other listeners find us. Thanks so much for your support.